subscribe to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. We have a glorious fucking episode today. I'm so excited about this episode. I recently was online and some guy was posting about podcasts. Mm -hmm. And he was giving podcasters shit because every time at the top of every episode, every podcaster is always like, man, I'm excited about this episode. But you know what? I am excited about this episode. And I'm excited about every episode. How dare you have feelings about things? Yeah, maybe I just like the podcast. You ever think about that, random internet commentator? You ever think about that? Only losers have feelings about things. That's right. That feeling is loss and regret. Wait a minute. (laughs) No, they don't. Winners (laughs) also have feelings. And I have a feeling, and it's called excitement. And it's excitement to be podcasting with fan favorite Ian Dixon. How are you doing today? I'm always excited to be here. Yeah? Okay. So you're always excited. I'm always excited. We always produce these fantastic, exciting pods. You know who else is always excited to pod, always down to clown? Who's that? Uh, Drew from the Tim and Drew show. We did an episode, the previous episode with him, DMZ, Mm -hmm. was a smash hit. Everybody loved it. I've gotten endless emails about it and how everyone's so excited for him to be the Hollywood reporter. Mm -hmm. You know, the man on the street kind of thing, like in the cubicle. You ever watch TMZ? No. (laughs) Okay, well, there's a guy. I know of it, though, yeah. Yeah, there's a guy on TMZ who who's always got this giant uh, big slurp of 7-Eleven, and he's leaning over cubicle walls just talking about celebrities dishing in the dirt yeah and since he loves celebrity culture so much he's going to be the guy covering it for us but that's not what i want to talk about what i want to talk about is this photograph he sent of himself Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm not too sure why he sent this photograph of himself i think it was just the pure expression of it Mm -hmm. like he seems to be like a very he's like a podcast artist you know all these art communities they there's always like a range of artists like in any given art community like Paris in the 20s with Hemingway and Joyce or or like the art movement with like Andy Warhol and that guy who throws paint. Pollock? Yeah, that guy. You know, all these little schools have like these characters and like Drew is like the manic insane. He's in it for the potting. He's not mass appeal. Mm -hmm. He could pot for one person himself and be completely happy going a thousand episodes in. But we're lucky to have him. I feel like this photo... The fact he needed to send it to me, uh, the fact that he needed to, he just, he just couldn't resist. Like, there's so much about this. Anyways, I'm just going to show it to you, and we're going to get Ian Dixon's first honest reaction to this photograph, which will be in the show notes. I figured it would be scantily clothed. Yeah, there's no clothes. I like the, it is kind of artistic, though. Describe what you see. Well, we've got Drew there. He's he's taken kind of the, the regular bathroom mirror selfie kind of deal. Uh, completely nude. Yep. Um, but he was gracious enough to obscure the view of his genitals with like a, it looks like a makeup mirror, uh-huh. one of those little round ones. And Very he's, little. he's angled the mirror so that it reflects the, his face's reflection from the bathroom mirror. Right. So it's like, it's, it's like Drew and little Drew. Yeah. So it's like those Photoshop challenges where they swap faces uh-huh. But his face is just the only face. It's just copied over, and it's copied to his penis. Yeah. Right? Not bad. Not bad. It's a good photo. I was at the bar with Sabelle, mm-hmm. and, like, this came out of nowhere. And, I, you know, it's it's very self-conscious to open up your phone, and then on this giant, enormous screen I have, have this <laughs> image just blazed out with people, like, you know, rushing past you, mm-hmm. bumping into you, and like, whoa, there, look at that, you see this. 
Like, what are you looking at, man? It's this. It, 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 it's it's it, 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 look at this. How much time do you think we can dedicate to nude Drew? Uh, I don't know if I have much more to say about it. No. You go ahead and keep talking if you I mean, want. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and this is an insight into Ian Dixon's professional demeanor. <laughs> I don't have much to say about that. You can keep talking. Uh, I, I like the hat. No, wait, is that a hat or is it a tear or is it a fish? I need to bring, I need to switch gears here. Mm-hmm. Ian Dixon brought me a gift and in return, I'm, I'm giving him a lot of whiskey mm-hmm. and we're going to see how fun this pod gets. But his gift he got me was a copy of Vulgar, the uh, Brian Johnson led film uh, signed by uh, Brian O'Halloran himself, uh, the man who was not supposed to be here today, Dante from Clark's. You're welcome. Yeah. You got a good deal on it because yeah. of a mismarked uh Mismarked. No, no, no. It well, was, it was like a buy three, get three. Buy three, get three. It was a very It was already deal. cheap. It was like five, marked at five. Yeah. And they charged me less because it didn't ring up and you just like entered a number. Okay. <laughs> have you ever sold DVDs? Do you sell DVDs? I have. Because okay. um, you got a large collection. Yeah. How often do you sell? Like, do you sell like to kind of like, like curb your collection or? Kind of. I mean. What, what, what puts something in the sales bin? Well, Bronwyn and I did uh, that cleaning lady on Netflix. The, cleaning lady on Netflix? The tidying up lady. There's like a... Little... Oh, I think I couldn't make it like five minutes into that. Yeah. Like there's this... It's that show where she's like... Oh, yeah. It's like literally... Get all your shit Netflix together and like, does it, does it spark joy for you? And if not, then get rid of it. Look, my place is like awesome right now. Yeah. Spotless. I have a little hand vacuum. Mm-hmm. There ain't even nary a bit of dirt on this here poker table, which is like a kind of a magnet for it because mm-hmm. it kind of, everything kind of sticks to it. I, I didn't realize that when I got it, that it would be like a crumb magnet, but <laughs> not right now. These floors are shiny. Mm-hmm. This, this table is all picked up and I kind of say I am overjoyed being in this environment. Does that mean this should be a Netflix show? No, it does not have value. Netflix is jumping the shark. You don't want to watch people clean in their shit? I don't want to watch other people clean. <laughs> like, I, oh, I, I understand cleaning is a, like an awesome thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's good to be clean. It's good to be organized. It, ma- it makes you feel better. Like, when I've got my place in order, it's like, I'm king of the world. I can do anything. Yeah. And when it's all cluttered, it's like panic mode all the time. Mm-hmm. So when you're clean, you're good. Yeah, no, I get that. And I do think that's a good message that should be spread to any untidy folk. But to do this whole mawkish fucking series on it, mm-hmm. hours and hours of professionally edited footage of this chick just going around to houses and cleaning. Is that what it is? She's like, well, a, it's like they get all their stuff in a pile and they're like, what is actually useful and what? What brings me joy and what's some stuff I can part with? So it's like a minimalism kind of thing? Kind of, yeah. We didn't go full full tilt into the, the minimalist thing because we still have a, quite a large collection. And then we just went out and bought like a shit ton of DVDs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but uh, it's kind of, yeah, like what belongs in our collection. We kind of sort it by genre and um, what do we have doubles of? Some of the things we like got new, fresh 4K copies of and we don't need the old shitty blu-ray or shitty blu-ray <laughs> shitty dvd transfers anymore <coughs> stuff like that but i like that curating your collection yeah updating it, it was a curation the trimming it's a good way that's to put more it. like yeah you know you're not decluttering you're not really getting rid of things you're just kind of tidying your collection you're making it stronger 
Yes. You know, like by, by making each individual piece worth something, something, something novel, something valuable, you know? And I guess that's what this chick does with people's lives, right? Kind of, yeah. Like, does Brian, Brian loves cleaning. She's told me herself. Does she like into the show? We like, watched quite a bit of it, yeah. Quite a bit? Mm-hmm. What do you get out of it? There's a psychology angle to it. Some of these people are kind of borderline hoarders. Okay. So. But, like, then why don't you just watch actual hoarders? I don't know. That shit gets morbid sometimes. It they does got, like, get morbid. dead animals under piles of rotting food in their kitchens. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> My sister had that once. She was untidy. Threw all her clothes onto the floor. And then one day, uh, when she was picking up, she discovered at the bottom of the pile of clothes was a dead rat. Mm-hmm. Like it just crawled in there and died. So like you know, if you're at, at the very least, like I'm not, a, I'm not like an obsessively clean person. I try not to give off the serial killer vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't work since I can't take care of plants; they always die. But I've got a little bamboo stick that's still going. Yeah, I think I've, I think we've I went on about that earlier in a different episode. I think when you moved here from your old place, that was like a kind of a revelation about how a place can be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Hamtramck. Mm-hmm. I loved that old place when I moved there, but it was ridiculously hard to keep clean for some reason. It was perpetually outside inside somehow. Mm-hmm. Dirt on the floor, animals. <laughs> Growth of unspecified yeah. nature. Um, it was dark. Mm-hmm. Like, not a lot of natural light. Not a lot of natural light, which was good during the summertime because I didn't have AC. Mm-hmm. Fucked out a lot of heat too, but it was just difficult. Like there was no reason for me to upgrade any of my things because it would have just like the kitchen was nigh unoperational. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like didn't make sense to invest in that didn't make sense to invest in this so it was just like a very like low level kind of thing and then i moved here and everything worked perfectly and peter the landlord is always like right there like oh you need something done i'll, I'll make sure i get that done it's great mm-hmm. and like just the other day i was recording the dispatch with dave i went to go to use the bathroom beforehand opened the door uh afterwards and the door handle moved but it didn't move the it didn't like latch it didn't move the latch it mm-hmm. just so it was just like permanently locked in it and I, I couldn't get it unlocked and like i like pound on the door i'm like dave dave get over here i i can't open this door can you open this door you couldn't open the door we couldn't open the door mm-hmm. i end up having to take a pair of scissors and unscrew the doorknob off of it and i tried to jiggle it with the internal mechanism try to get it open that way to no avail mm. turned out there's something broken like deep in the mechanism mm. it got to the point where uh i had dave get my phone call the landlord the landlord skyped in peter he skyped in and he was like looking at this thing it was like 48 hours style mm-hmm. i was peering <laughs> from behind the hole dave brought me a beer through a straw nice Peter's girlfriend comes down because uh, he's out of state, brings some wire, and like we finally like just just like brute force get it open. Mm-hmm. And it was a harrowing tale. But the point of all that is my previous landlord... Wouldn't have answered the phone. Wouldn't have answered the phone. <laughs> um, find your body in there days later. <laughs> right. Um, when... <laughs> charges your family for the corpse removal and cleanup. Yeah. yeah. Like he's like, "Look, I went when, when I gave it to him, there wasn't a corpse in here, okay? Like he put the corpse in there and you guys are responsible for that. Like I can't be held responsible. You won't believe renters these days." That's what he says. He looked just like Michael Keaton. Mhm. 
picture. Um, Beetlejuice, Michael Keaton, or Batman, Michael Keaton? More like Birdman, Michael Keaton. Oh, okay. Like older Michael modern Keaton. Day. Modern day Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton fighting Spider-Man, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of Michael Keaton. You know what they should do mm-hmm. for a Batman movie? Bring Michael Keaton back as the old Batman, teaching a young Batman. Jason Mazows from Gotham, How to Be Batman. This rye is fantastic, by the way. Oh, I'm glad you like it. That's uh, this one. Yeah, yeah. This is this was my favorite one by far. I I've got these test whiskeys, not these test whiskeys, but like I've got these sample well, whiskey of the month club kind of thing. The Senator distilled in 2012, 95 percent rye, five percent barley rye whiskey distilled in Indiana. A minimum of six years in new charred oak barrels. Bottled by Proof and Wood Ventures in Bardstown, Kentucky. And you should not drink this if you're pregnant. <laughs> definitely not. Or driving a car. You should definitely not drink it if you're pregnant driving. Have you heard about audibletrial.com, Ian? No, tell me all about it. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to audibletrial.com forward slash ScottCast, uh, you, you get to download a free audiobook and support ScottCast. You know, it gets us some sweet cash. That sounds super sweet. What was that uh, website again? Uh, audibletrial.com forward slash scottcast. Everyone should sign the fuck up if you have it. It's time to get Audible. Audibletrial.com forward slash scottcast. Now back to our regular programming. Here we are. I'm just excited to pod, man. Yeah. It's been too long. I haven't heard from Master Charles in a very long time. No email bag? No email bag. I think he's dead. Shit. So we need to find another number one fan. Hmm. Like, uh, we need someone to start emailing in more, you know? Uh, like, I don't, I don't want to read every email we get. It's usually just adoration mm-hmm. and, like, comments here and there. But, like, I'm, I would really like to help some listeners out with their life problems because you know, I'm in a fantastic place. You're in a fantastic place, kind of, I think. Are, am I, are you in a fantastic place? I just project. <laughs> <laughs> Things are good, yeah. I just accept. I just expect, <clears throat> Like, usually we talk about me, so mm. sometimes I don't know, you know? Sometimes I'm just like, maybe that's what Ian wants, you know? I never asked you what you want, but I think to myself, maybe Ian just comes to ScottCast because, like, it's that one time a week, like, he can hear someone just insane babbling and then not do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to not have that pressure to have to fix things. Yeah, like you don't need to fix me. Look at me. I'm the pod king. Or it's actually a time that I get to give bad advice. Have you ever given bad advice to me on purpose, like in Scott Cast, to see what I would do? I'm sure. I mean, not not like with bad intentions, but I'm sure I've given bad advice on the cast. You sure? Yeah. Like, because you deliberately gave bad because advice? Because it was like a funny joke kind of thing and okay. it got out of hand, maybe. Okay. Does anything come to mind? Like, do you have like this dark plague in your mind right now of like this time that that you know you led someone astray into the path of darkness itself? No. No? So you're a therapist. Yeah. But what if you were an evil therapist? Probably be hard to keep my license. But like you were a good evil therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure what that would look like. Clearly manipulation is like Mm. the number one thing that comes to my mind. Evil therapist is someone who's really good at manipulating people. Like Mm -hmm. people come to him like as open books, wanting and willing to be transformed, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then he takes this clay and he molds henchmen, Mm -hmm. you know, like and and he kind of like creates like crime bosses, basically, that report back to him. So he's like the head of this huge Mm -hmm. evil empire. But like it's all just 
operated with the front of psychiatry. Like these guys come in and they they talk to him and he's such a master manipulator hmm. that he can convince them to like run drug deals and, and uh, kill political opponents. I think that would be really hard to do. How much can like, people from be a practical standpoint? The the county tracks a lot of data. Okay, so like they would be like, why is this guy's clients always turned into arch criminals? Yeah. Okay. Exactly that. <laughs> so they track results to that level, that granularity. Like there's yeah. like, okay, so we know the normal therapist. Well, there's 3% like percent of their clients will become arch criminals. When shit goes down, there's like all these reports that track that stuff so if somebody dies if somebody gets arrested any like major crisis is getting tracked and usually there's like an investigation like did we do everything we were supposed to do if not like what are how do we fix this system so that we don't keep fucking people up okay so if that was a pattern for me as a as a clinician if i was like wow like 10% of this guy's kids are going out and mass murdering people. That would be like red flag. I would probably. What if like the investigation happened? Mm -hmm. They grilled you. Yeah. They put you on the wire. They string you up like a, like a hot tamale Mm -hmm. and you pass, you pass with flying colors. They can't get anything on you. Mm -hmm. You're just that good. Do you think it's possible? Like what if like you kept mind of the ratio? Mm -hmm. Like some people for SEO, like, a big thing that gets you to the number one spot on Google mm-hmm. and getting all that sweet traffic mm-hmm. is is links, like a link from one website pointing to yours. And a lot of people, they want to game that system by buying links. But what they have to do in order to make that work mm-hmm. is make it look like it's like a normal, natural link thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like you got to have a certain amount of percentage of links that have like no text in it or Mm -hmm. it's got to have a keyword in it or you know it's just a it's just the website or whatever yeah and it's like this very specific thing so like if you knew the ratio that these people were investigating major criminals with like you could have like a legion of like you know kids you're just helping out Mm -hmm. and then one or two of them being nefarious deedsmen on your behalf Mm. you know would you be able to you think like given enough people Find the right candidate. Mold somebody into your own, like, machine. I don't think that's how that works. Why not? Isn't that what psychopaths do? I don't think they... Like, what level of manipulation is someone, like, capable of doing? Because people can manipulate people to do crazy stuff. Jonestown. True, true. I don't... (sighs) The nature of the therapeutic relationship, I don't think, is uh, honed to that. Jonestown was like a totalitarian kind of thing. They lived in the colony and he kind of controlled like everything that went on. Okay. So like switching to like. So think of me. I see these kids maybe an hour a week at most, Mm. hour a month, more accurate. (laughs) Okay. I don't have that much control over these kids. Okay. Like you're saying that if you could manipulate these people, they'd at least be on time to their appointments more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But even then, like, it's a collaborative thing. It's not, I'm not, uh, I'm not convincing anybody to change anything about themselves. They come to me wanting to make a change and I can help them find a way to get there. But Mm. I'm not the one fixing anybody. 
Okay. But if you wanted to be that person, you're saying instead of engaging in like a therapeutic kind of relationship, engage in a more spiritual one, like a like a cult leader. I think you need a lot more, yeah, a control over a lot more facets of someone's life to have that sort of impact. Okay. And that's part of what we might talk about in therapy. We might look at like social supports and who do you spend time with and how does that help or hinder you? And is that something like you look for like on a checklist? Like it's like, okay, we're going to see if anyone's manipulating you psychologically now for a little bit. <laughs> Tell me about that. And then we'll talk about yo-yo some more. Well, I mean, if, if, yeah, if I feel like someone's you know, at it. risk of harm, you know, it's not like a part of a checklist where you maybe where you like, you make sure everyone isn't being manipulated. Isn't part of a cult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like, mean, not. Uh, I mean, if they're so controlling, and not like, explicitly, no. Okay, but we, I mean, we ask about every part of their life, really. The assessments we do, they include, yeah, social supports. They include education, family, medical history, all that kind of shit plays into who you are and how you live. Yeah, I suppose. So, like, if you had a spreadsheet of mm-hmm. all these people, yeah. You know, you'd be able to like say this person is a practicing Catholic. This person lost their lost the faith at an early age. Mm. This person was never raised with this person uh, likes well, Tom Cruise. Not that specific. Okay, you just know kind of general, their yeah. kind of level of feelings. I mean, it depends like how it comes up to. I'm not. I don't push religion pro or con. Okay, if somebody has has religious beliefs and those benefit them, then I support them in that. But if not, I'm I'm not the person to convince them otherwise. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's just something to know to know kind of what, what their life is like and understand where they're coming from. Okay. I'm trying to gauge whether you're manipulating it. Mm. I feel like, feel like you're playing some subtle game where you're trying to get and create a kingdom so that you may overthrow me. Mm. And I fear it's working sometimes. Sometimes the best way to convince someone of something is to not try. That's what happens when you get like a real resistant kid coming in. Like they don't want to be there. Mom said they had to be here. You just be like, shit, that sucks, man. How can we get you out of here? Okay. Or like, what are you interested in? You don't want to be here. What would you rather be doing? Uh-huh. And then they'll tell you everything about them. Uh-huh. And you be like, that's cool. Let's, let's, uh, maybe we could do something with this. And that would be like not a waste of your time. And they'd be like, fuck yeah. And then you got them. Jesus, this is exactly <laughs> what you've been doing with me. I mean, think about it. Think of how great my life's become. You know, it'd be a great Scott fucking casting. idea huh. if we made an underground city. Yeah. And called it Scott Cast City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sold right now. What do I have to do, Ian? <laughs> Make you a co host of a podcast? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I've got Audible on board, man. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, my God. That happened. You know? People aren't wary enough of Ian Dixon. Yeah. I know. I know that Ian Dixon has power mm. over most human beings of a certain amount of will. Like, I would say I have 1.1 will, you know? Mm. Take a, the will of an average person, multiply it by 1.1. That's my will. Like, okay. I, I could put my nose to the grindstone a little bit longer than some people, given the right environment, mm-hmm. I feel like. So within one standard deviation of the average? Something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like not a particularly exceptional. Yeah. Certainly not in any sense like I'm not going to be placed in any 
kind of insane category. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm not going to be like, okay, they're going to compare my habits with Elon Musk. You know, they're going to have a blog post talking about my morning ritual. Yeah. You know what it is? What is it? Snooze. <laughs> Snooze. Again, 30 minutes later. Snooze. Again. Gaze longingly at weird nude picture of Drew. Yeah, a little bit of that. <laughs> you know, first thing, like, because like when you wake up, it is pure caveman kind of feels, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I don't feel like a normal human being when I'm just woken. True. I, I, feel like a, I feel like a beast almost, you know? Like, me and Kyle, we're very, very similar when, mm-hmm. I, when I'm just waking up. Like, I just, I'm just grumbling, making a lot of weird noises, you I know? I get that, yeah. I, I will not be deterred by uh, man-made mechanisms. I'll just, I'll just seek to silence them. If they should so shriek in my vicinity, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. So, like, I don't understand these people who have these ironclad wills. They, they the alarm get gets on, mm-hmm. and then they just turn it off and they just stand up. You know, I sometimes I do get up, like, mm-hmm. but I'm not a human being. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just an, I'm just some beast that's now mobile. Yeah. So it's a little bit more dangerous for me to just wake up because if I just wake up and I and I start expending energy immediately, you know, it's more of like a large animal's let loose in my house than um than you know something you'd write about in a blog post to help people more productive with their lives. Yeah. You know, I make coffee though. That's when I become a human being. That's the thing. Is this caffeine addiction? Yes. Sneaky D doesn't drink caffeine. Really? I've I've tried to offer him caffeine on multiple occasions. Hmm. And he uh, declines, and he says he doesn't drink that stuff, bro. Well, maybe. I'm thinking about weaning myself off, but then I love it so much, you know? One life to live, not one life to lift, right? Yeah. So I'm going to be doing my caffeine in the morning and waking up like a beast. Maybe I want that varied experience, you know? Mm-hmm. By, you know, four, I'm a normal human person, usually, like deadline you know a lot of the time it's earlier than that mm-hmm. but before 4 p.m like i can say like you know i'm the man i'm going to you know i'm optimal man at this point yeah when i was young mid, early 20s like i had visions of grandeur myself mm-hmm. i was like i'm gonna be one of these one of these men people quote about being men mm-hmm. you know a man of virtue and wisdom with like a mustache and an office you know like people would post pictures of me like looking at the camera and then they'd post my words over my face mm-hmm. and then they'd share it and people would like it alas i mean you got some of those things going on you got an office i do have an office <laughs> <laughs> i could have a mustache you could just post words on your face right but it's a little different when it's you're posting yourself and no one likes it yeah you know email in uh, to scottcast to like find some clips Tell me some things I've said on Scottcast that you would like an inspirational poster made out of. I'll start posting that shit to Facebook. Fuck yeah. You know, let's see if we can get some shares going of, of my wisdom. You know, we can do some fan favorite Ian Dixon wisdom too. If anybody would like to transcribe one of Sneaky D's dissertations, <laughs> I'm sure he'd appreciate it. We're posting all this on your face though. We can put it on my face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, I think that's the best way to go forward. Like, is. Mm-hmm. Like, think of it as we're triumvirate, you know, we're a team. Yeah. We're trying to build this podcast to be the world's greatest broadcast medium mm-hmm. in existence. Mm-hmm. And to do that, we, we need to combine forces. 
and we needed to do so under one banner. Mm -hmm. Now, the banner being my name and face, right? getting all the credit. Fair enough, because I'm not a fan of the spotlight, honestly. Right. I'll take that spotlight. I don't mind it. I've lived lived in obscurity long enough. (laughs) I know what it's like to go to a grocery store and not have anybody recognize you. And let me tell you, it sucks all the same. Yeah. You know? I don't like going to the grocery store. We've covered this. I think it would be worse if people recognized you. It probably would be worse if people recognized me, but, you know, you know, getting slapped and getting slapped harder. What of it, you know? So. Going to the bar is a lot nicer if, if everybody thinks that you're true. some hot dog. Maybe get some free drinks, yeah. Get some free drinks, you know. High five or two, you know. Everyone's all of a sudden interested in your stories. Mm-hmm. Why not, you know? That's pretty, basically like bars on easy mode. Mm-hmm. So I, tr- I tried to let you into my artistic process uh, was that last week? Must have been last week, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah we, you were uh, generating ideas for Skycast, mm-hmm. and you were texting me kind of like a play-by-play. Yeah. Yeah. So did you get a chance to, to give that a shot? Because that's kind of like where, where the classic casts have originated, or at least the classic Ian casts, I don't know. Like listen to music and drink? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, Ian, I did. (laughs) (laughs) The thing about that, though, is I just started listening to music and just really enjoying music. Uh, You know, I I was just... but You weren't getting all existential and shit? I think the thing is, is like I picked the wrong kind of music. I picked songs, Mm -hmm. you know, like real songy songs. Yeah. So it's like songy songs... Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind of latches you into the story and like you're transported into this wonderland of sonic, you know, literary. Yeah, no, you're thing. just getting sucked into yeah. to rhythms and routines. You got to have some mm-hmm. some weird prog shit. Yeah. And then you'd be like, what is happening? What is life? Right, yeah. I mean, the best episode, uh, fan favorite episode, um, number 24, Shovel That Your Gift, was... Purely based off of a drunken Sun Ra yep. listening party that you had by That's, yourself. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is Bronwyn doing when, like, you're just, like, sitting around uh, uh, <laughs> getting drunk and listening to Brog Metal? Uh, I mean, I can't remember that far back what was going on. Well, she before was, you get too drunk, what was she doing? She was either, like, out with friends or working or maybe she had to work early and she went to bed early. So you schedule this, like, total seclusion, isolation? I don't schedule it. It just happens. Well, you know, it happens, but, like, one of the prerequisites for this to happen is, like, we're going to want some isolation. Ideally, yeah. Are you browsing at the time when you're when you're when when you're listening to metal or are you just like imbibing and listening? What do you mean browsing? Like browsing the internet, magazines, scoping now, Periscope. I'm a. It's more like a almost a meditation, like a reflection on the day and what's happened and maybe the the greater scope of things. Okay. Okay. I I imagine like a young Sherlock in his study, you know, like lightly fingering his violin, mm. very lightly, you know, with a smooth touch. Yeah. You know, really, really gentle fingering of a violin. That's what I'm imagining. Mm-hmm. Very gentle. Thanks for that picture. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I do try. I tried, but I cannot wrestle my attention. I'm I I I always end up like trying to do something or trying to make something or, mm. or with like a paper out and listing things like mm. do you list anything do you write or is it like purely like you're you're uh, thinking upon the day's events 
and then you text me like i wonder that's pretty much yeah hmm. I, I don't know if there's much more to it than that it's Is just it like always at the end of a work day do you think yeah so you need to be like that i think you need to be kind of yeah that's the thing you gotta have some some stress built up you gotta have some things to unwind that's the thing. It's like I'm that 1.1 willpower. Mm-hmm. That's just enough for me to never get to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, also, like, I'm, I'm not responsible for, like, dozens of impressionable children. Yeah. I'm just a website guy. So, I like, nothing I do is that exhausting. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, because at the end of the day, even if I put in, like, 15 hours, you know, and some serious work into something, like, craziest thing that's going to happen is... Sp- a bunch more people visit a site. Mm-hmm. That's the craziest thing. And usually what happens is, you know, business as usual, normal growth. Yeah. So like, I don't end the day exhausted. I end the day like, I need a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do something worthwhile. Let's just shoot the shit. I don't know. Maybe I just got a weird brain. I don't think you do. I think, I think you're just, I think you, I, I get the impression that you like have found a trade that's worth pouring your effort mm-hmm. into you know and like not a people not a people do that like I texted to the point you, you about other things yourself. though too like i was kind of upset to be honest when i drove to work uh i don't know it was last week or early this week and they had filled in our our sinkhole <laughs> that's right yeah they did <laughs> they moved all the barriers off it it's just it's still kind of a dip but it's so like it's drivable now yeah so like the entrance to Scott Cast City. And it was right after we posted that we were gonna build our entrance there. It started digging, you know. And I was like, "Who did this?" The city of Hamtramck finally <laughs> fixed something. No, it had to be someone who was out to to keep Scott Cast down. You think? Because it was right after we posted about it. That's true. I'm sure, they had. Do you think the city of Hamtramck doesn't want Scott Cast City? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, sure, it might infect the integrity of literally everything in Hamtramck, <laughs> but with the giant cavern. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, we got pros helping us. Mm-hmm. We've got contractors. That's the plan anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I was, I jumped straight to uh, Illuminati and lizard people. Yeah. Because they're already underground. Or maybe they just, they want... They want the global warming that's going to extinct us because they're cold-blooded and they need that to be warm and happy. You hear about Alex Jones? Um, is there new news about Alex Jones? Yeah. <laughs> he went on the Joe Rogan podcast again. Oh, I saw that. I didn't uh, listen or get details about it. I did. I yeah. did listen. It was actually pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Basically what he's... He's a deeply troubled man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is Surprise. what he's... This is what he's doing i think as a broadcaster i like the idea of analyzing what he's doing here um completely dispassionate trust me but like what he's like he's right now his reputation is totally shot to shit Mm -hmm. because uh he like uh, furthered some uh allegations about uh the parkland people Mm -hmm. you know some pretty nasty things yeah um which he's since rescinded Mm -hmm. but people keep like uh going after the soundbite and then he's got this faction of his own audience that doesn't believe anything is real and they yeah. might, might they everything is a conspiracy so like once that seed was planted like now now it's like just a, just a huge shit storm yeah so he comes down to the joe rogan podcast and is like trying to explain trying to explain and <clears throat> basically what he's doing 
he just wants to be a weird conspiracy guy. Mm-hmm. He's he's he threw away all ounces of any credibility he might have had on the political scene, like all in this one podcast on purpose, just by telling the stories that he wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. And one of these stories, man, animal human hybrids. Mm-hmm. They're real. It's happening. Yeah. People create animal human hybrids and they harvest the organs. Like well, meat. Somebody sold you a CRISPR kit, so that's not surprising. <laughs> right? So it's like, oh, he brought up this concept that had me worried, you know? And, and like this, the idea that the Illuminati is so fucking far ahead of us is like just bringing it up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like this upper echelon society, like they have access to technology from like aliens, mm-hmm. right? People not of this world. Yeah. Like maybe it's future men. Maybe it's like some extra dimensional being. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something from outer space. Could it be a doppelgangbanger? Could be a doppelgangbanger. You know, you never know if you're banging a doppelgangbanger. So, but like if well, they're. Well, green eyes gives it away. The green eyes give, give, yeah. If you're banging a green eyed person, it's a doppelgangbanger. You know, you don't know where they've been, <laughs> but probably space and a few other people. You get yourself checked. Yeah. So, with all that said, I'm a little worried. Mm. that this upper echelon society is going after Scott Cast. Mm. Like, and I was really banking on you being able to manipulate all your kids into being like a little army mm. of human shields. Gotcha. So that we'd be safe at least, you know, because we really need to catch up on these people. Like they have technology that makes all this technology that we're like ranting and raving about look insipid and, you know, shitty. Mm-hmm. Like they got CRISPR kits, like you wouldn't believe. Like we're operating on DOS, and they got like some fucking supercomputer. Yeah, they've got Winston, that thing that fucking wins Jeopardy all the time. Mm-hmm. Wilfred, whatever the fuck it's called. I think it was Winston. It's Winston. Okay, William. It's a W. Yeah, I know it's a W. Watson. Watson. That's it. Because it's like asking Watson, like the Sherlock thing. That's right. I like Winston though. It might have been Winston. I don't know. I'm gonna start calling my computer Winston. Why not? Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to edit this show on Winston, like, right away. I'm liking this. I'm liking the vibe. I feel good. Why don't be, more people name their computers? Because we've become a churn and burn society, and everything mm. you buy that's electronic is only going to get replaced in, like, a year or two. That's true. You know? That ended that conversation quick. <laughs> we name our pets. We name our pets. We don't churn and burn through our pets. Hopefully, we can clone them into perpetuity. Hopefully. You know, like Kyle, man, this cat needs to always live. He's sleeping on you, your shit over there. Yeah, he's sleeping on my jacket like a fucking sweetheart <laughs> with his little ears. He it gets was... lulled. He gets lulled when I'm um, playing yeah. podcasts, when I'm editing them. Mm-hmm. Like, like he always comes close to the speakers. And just, just the like, sound of your voices. He loves it. I think he's, it's the sound of podcasting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if, if podcasting is happening. Yeah. Like he knows nothing bad is happening, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but then again, nothing really bad ever happens to him. True. But nothing ever Well, I think the only bad things that really happen to Kyle is like startling moments mm. where he doesn't expect me to like all of a sudden jump up and start laughing maniacally because I read something on the internet. Right. You know, or what thought of a quote from a movie that I had to yell at the top of my lungs. <laughs> You know, he doesn't expect those moments, gets a little startled. But when I'm podcasting, mm-hmm. it's even sound. It's, it's kind of like a mm, white noise machine. Because he doesn't understand English. He just knows tone. True. You know. 
everything's smooth and when we pod. Yeah, we, we pod so fucking smooth. It's insane. It's nigh. I keep saying nigh. I like it, though. I like <laughs> nigh. So here's what I'm doing mm. with um, podcasting this week. Yeah. Um, for the Hamtramck Music Festival, uh, which is like a big festival that happens in Hamtramck every year. 200 bands, three days, kind of affair. Um, I'm doing a man on the street kind of segment for my other podcast, The Dispatch. And this is what I thought I was going to do. Uh, I'm going to interview people about songwriting things, shows they like, things mm. they're checking out. That's going to be for The Dispatch. And after I'm done interviewing about that stuff live on the scene, I'm just going to seamlessly transition to topics about like the end of humanity <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Hamtramck Avengers. Like that I'll, would be kind of amazing, actually. I kind of yeah, and like like I'll bring it here, bring it to the table, yeah, and I'll play it for you, Ian, and then we'll comment on it, and that's going to be the podcast. I would love that so much. Yeah, man, that's it's going to be a legendary podcast. It's stolen from Tell Him Steve Dave's Making Hay. Yeah, like hundred percent. But man, this is our making hay because no, ain't nobody got the Hamtramck Music Festival like we got. That's true. And nobody got this unprecedented access pod access like I got <laughs> because I've got all sorts of cojones. Mm-hmm. I'm totally willing to bring a recorder out in public and ask people stupid questions. Yeah. And then we can make fun of them. We can make fun of me probably more. We can probably people are going to have some interesting thoughts. I bet people think yeah. about this stuff often and I'm going to be warming them up with like the songwriter talk. By the time we get to like, I think how do you think we're all going to die? They're going to yeah. be like, yo, I got it right down. Write this down. <laughs> oh, oh man, that's exciting. I, I'm right. I hope you do this. Okay. Follow through. I will. <laughs> we were, you've never been that excited about any. No. <laughs> I know we talked about doing uh a punch key day thing and I had to work so I didn't get around to it but that would have been fun too but I think this is a far superior idea yeah because everyone's liquored up yeah you know it's music I've I've got like the framework already in place to do it and I have to do it so I'm gonna be out anyway so here we go let's get excited that's the next big Scott cast special that's gonna come up heck yeah I'm so excited for it Drew's gonna be like knocking me for stealing the Tell him Steve, Dave, Diamond. Mm-hmm. But like, you know what I say about that? Only the strongest survive in the pod world. And in the pod world, it's a lot like the real world, you know? You gotta steal other people's ideas. Sometimes you gotta steal <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> uh, you know, that's why I like podcasts. Yeah. Like, what's gonna happen? What's the worst that could happen? Nothing. Worst that can happen... Is no one pays attention to us. I guarantee we'll get a dozen that, downloads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got 60 episodes of experience on that front. <laughs> it's great. Very excited. So that's coming up on ScottCast. It's going to be a ScottCast special. Mm. <sighs> Where are we episode-wise? We're in the 60s. This is like episode 64 or 65. So 66 or 67 is going to be Hamtramck Music Festival. 666. Oh, maybe we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta come up with like a, a six hour podcast for number 66 <laughs> <laughs> gotta come up with some ideas for our our centennial and our 75 too that's right the 75th is coming up really quick like yeah like i feel like we're not potting a lot but well we're at we're at a good clip really yeah you know and people were kind of complaining about how much potting we were doing before like they were just like scott it's too much content <laughs> i can't keep up 
And you keep yelling at people for not keeping up. So we're not going to do that. But we are going to deliver some fucking fantastic. <sighs> so how are we doing on this one? Do we have uh, any more we are fodder? At, we are an, at an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some news articles. Yeah. That you sent over. So, like, when you send over news articles, is it the same as getting drunk and listening to Prague? No. I'm usually sober. Those are, like, when I have downtime at work, I, like, browse the news feed. And I'm like, oh, someone dipped their balls in some salsa. I wonder if Scott right. would find that interesting. And I did. And the funny thing about that one is that you were not the only person to see that article and then immediately think, <laughs> let's send this to Scott. Yeah. I got that a few times over. Like, people were really, um, this just, this article somehow reminded people of me. So let me, let's mm-hmm. just talk about, oh no, it's down. What? It's down. Wait. Oh my God. It's been removed. Man accused of dipping testicles. It's giving me 404. What the hell? Was it fake news? Man accused of dipping testicles. Okay. We're going to have to go for Fox. No, let's do Detroit news. It's Detroit news. Was this in Detroit? Did I? I don't remember what I saw. No, it's in Tennessee. It just so happens to be the Detroit news has Mm. people know what Detroiters love. Mm-hmm. A Tennessee man was jailed on felony charges after appearing to dip his testicles into a container of salsa that a customer had ordered online. Now, that's spiteful. Yes. I understand, like, if you were a dick on the phone and, like, just a total dweeb that, like, maybe someone would want to take out some aggression on you. Yeah. But an online order? Like, really? how do you even be a dick like that? Like, they didn't tip or something? Like, maybe they're going to tip when they pick up. People do yeah. that. You, you should prefer that because it's cash tip probably. Right. You know? Don't 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 tip your testicles into the dip for, for the tip. I don't know. The delivery driver allegedly recorded it and posted a video online saying, this is what you get when you give an 89-cent tip for an almost 30-minute drive. Um, mm. So minute. they did tip, but it was a garbage tip. Uh-huh. Okay, so, okay, this is a delivery driver. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is why people sent that. Oh, okay, because I do go, I buy Uber Eats once in a while. Yeah. I like Uber Eats. That's why I, okay, I get it now. <laughs> I, I mean, I give a good tip on Uber Eats, though. I don't, I don't give an 89-cent tip. That's kind of insane. Yeah. Like, like I don't even know why you would bother entering in 89 cents. If that's all you're going to give. Was like, unless though, like they were going to tip cash, right? They just wanted to even the amount out. They wanted it 30 bucks on Mm -hmm. their credit card. It was some poor fuck with OCD. Yeah. We just, (laughs) we just like, he's definitely going to, you know, write, Mm -hmm. um, just notes. We'll tip cash. This is just for statements. (laughs) Poor guy got some balls, uh. Okay, so apparently the delivery driver had a passenger, mm-hmm. and the passenger was arrested. News outlets report that the passenger, uh, Howard Matthew Webb, was arrested and charged with adulteration of food. Adulteration. Mm. What's that? Like, is that like committing adultery with food? Adulteration? Uh, I don't know. I've never heard that as a criminal offense. Adult only in Tennessee. <laughs> they had to specify. Did you adulterate that? Did you did you adulterate that there dip? Did you adulterate that dip? <laughs> um, adulterate. 
Render poor in quality by adding another substance, typically an inferior one. Okay. <laughs> like pubic hair. So basically, he got arrested for watering down the dip with ball sweat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that he put his nuts in the dip. Mm-hmm. It was that it made the dip a little bit more watery, that he's technically being arrested. Yeah. Okay. I mean... This is not the dip that was advertised. Right. He remains behind bars pending a March 12th hearing. It's in six days. His arrest warrant says they picked up the food for delivery from a local Mexican restaurant. The company issued a refund for the tainted. So shit. Mm, I guess uh, be generous up front with your tips. I do say that like, uh, you know, I think that's just good practice. That's what it is. Good practice. This is what I do with Uber Eats. This is how you should avoid paying too much and getting, you know, your goods delivered. Mm-hmm. Uh, get yourself a new breeds and they've got this feature where uh, you buy food like and you tag it onto an order that's already in progress. So you don't pay a delivery fee mm-hmm. because the driver's already out and it's like on their route or something like that. Mm. Not sure how it goes, but you so you so it immediately like the delivery fees knocked off and this delivery fee is usually like five bucks to start. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you tip on the delivery fee plus the food and you include the delivery fee in your tip. So you're giving them the delivery fee plus a little bit of extra. Mm-hmm. And they're going to now prioritize your food delivery over the poor schmuck who paid the delivery fee. Heck yeah. Because they're getting like a $5 extra tip on top of a normal tip. And like they're going to be so nice to you. They're going to tell you a joke when they get to your door. They're going to love you. They'll probably suck your balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll ask if the, if you want balls dipped. <laughs> and they'll say, which one and where? <laughs> You know, it's it's about ordering food right. You know, like it's just a service industry basic. You know, people in the service industry tend to get walked on a lot in society. And these people are usually hardworking people who get mm. fed up. And when a hardworking person gets fed up, they can do anything. That's right. Sometimes that includes dipping your balls in some salsa. You know, why they would post that online is beyond me. You know, like yeah. they want to yuck yucks with their friends or something like that. Probably. A little bit of yuck yucks. Because it is definitely illegal. Yeah. You know. I wonder I wonder how many how many kids get tripped up with that because like I like I feel like if the I likes was, are kind of more of a an incentive to behave a certain way these days than yeah. like actual consequences. Right. Yeah, the, just those points. Yeah. Those social media points, you know, because it's for some people it's like uh, a replacement for respect. Yeah. in their little communities. Like if their shit has the most likes all the time, then that means like all of the people they are around, like they're the baddest ass, you know, I feel like in their mind. That's like, that's how I feel. That's so silly though. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's like, you're the most controlled person because everything you do depends on what other people say. Yeah. Everything depends on what kind of picture you can take Mm -hmm. in a square, you know, like, so congratulations for being the most, uh, pandering son of a bitch (laughs) in your social circle and here's the thing like like when you look at um when you look at the social media statistics from Mm -hmm. like an analytical standpoint it's almost all the time like the same rate Mm -hmm. like if x people saw your post x people are going to like it 
So that all that really is is just a metric of how many people have decided to follow you and continue to follow you, mm-hmm. you know, which is at at best just a sign that someone hasn't been fed up with you enough to delete you. Right. You know, so there's that. A lot of these social signals are fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because the Internet is pretty magical in a lot of ways, like delivering information and connecting you and sharing things in mm-hmm. an efficient manner, doesn't mean that the systems that prop them up are necessarily the systems that are driving your use. True. You know, like people have quit Facebook, like former executives mm-hmm. uh, over moral grounds saying like they, they can't participate in this like uh, this enormous Skinner box anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. They can't do it. Like, is it's literally designed just to increase addiction uh, and keep you in this hamster wheel of constantly seeking notifications and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I've unfollowed everything on my Facebook, and I still get notifications all the time. And it's like from things that don't even make sense. Why are you notifying this? Uh, like, I've never shown any particular interest in like this person, but now you're telling me when they post pictures. You know, it's like, it's weird. It's like, that's not a normal notification, but it's like designed so that whenever you open it, there's a little red number right, waiting for you that you need to clear. I remember my mom used to have like these accounts and like, and like, uh, and she would have her, she would never clear her notifications. Mm-hmm. So that number would keep growing. And every time I saw it, like looked over her shoulder and saw it, I, I would just like get panic attack. Like, <laughs> why do you have, just, just, just press the button, just press it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll press it for you. <laughs> you know, and it's like, that's what that number's for. That's why it's red. That's yeah. why it pops up. That's why it's always assuredly there. You know, that's why they, they painstakingly go through the process to find more things to notify you. You know, and every website asks you for permission to notify stuff. It's permission marketing gone amok. Mm-hmm. The original premise of permission marketing was that it was kind of a good one. It was you could either, you know, use a megaphone and shout at people or you could provide uh, value for people and in exchange for providing value for people you can uh, uh, let them know about your marketing services or no you just you're just your services yeah or whatever your products or whatever and that turned into this weird model of getting people to sign up for shit mm-hmm. and getting people to like shit and subscribe and all that kind of stuff which just ended up blowing up mm-hmm. And got bastardized into this weird pseudo permission model where if you just look for a product now, you're in a database and uh, there there's a plan mm-hmm. should you take any amount of actions. And this plan lasts weeks, all from a simple Google search right. or, or or even just viewing a product on Amazon, just clicking around endlessly. So that's I wish more people would listen to Scott Cat. Maybe we should do that. We're going to advertise to well, everybody you, buying you know, survival what, kits. What would we connect to as far as like products besides what? amazon or no uh, audibletrial.com i mean we can do we can become an amazon affiliate so that we can start hawking products mm-hmm. you know uh, like maybe like shovels and survival kits <laughs> and bunkers and like mres mm-hmm. stuff like that um but also like maybe podcasting equipment or or and then there's and then there's the the services we that, do actually have a gift shop we do have a gift shop actually <laughs> yeah we should start selling pictures of ourselves yeah you know rights to use them rights to print them um i'll start distributing news releases mm-hmm. about scott cast you know being like okay the first podcast that's uh going to have its own city mm-hmm. you know that's the headline yeah we'll see if anybody picks it up i'm gonna do that 
I'm going to write up a really stupid article with like a really like clickbaity attention headline. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I'm going to pay for a press release. I'm going to have it sent out to as many <laughs> outlets as possible. Um, and I just want to see if just anybody picks one person picks it up. Yeah. Because if you hear about a crazy podcast that's going to start in an underground city uh, from a reputable source, like, like Huffington Post, mm-hmm. or New York Times, you know, Fortune 500. Yeah. Something like that. You can check it out. I think it's worth it. Yeah. Like, what if this is the key to our fame? Just the, just one press release. Maybe. And we, we become, well, I become because we've established <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything's Scott. Mm. Um, but like, how great would that be? All right. So what did we learn today? Oh, Christ. What did we learn? It was a good one. I'm excited. Uh, we learned that the senator is a uh, fantastic rye whiskey. Yeah. Well, Ian did. <laughs> <laughs> This was common knowledge for Scott. Yeah. Yeah. I'm almost through this thing. It's, uh, what's it? Uh, 121 proof. <laughs> it's one of those whiskeys you have a little bit of it and you're like, oh, that's why you pour a tiny amount in that glass. Yep. Uh, there was, uh, we, we've, I've had, uh, people at the dispatch try to have a drink of this mm-hmm. and like they pour themselves like a Hamtramck shot, like mm-hmm. they're pouring Jameson. And so it's like this much, <laughs> which that was it. Yeah, and like so that's like I'm doing like two fingers. So like of this bourbon, that's like five drinks. <laughs> you know, by a normal scale. But hey, you know, they had a good time. Mm-hmm. You know. What else did we learn? We learned all about um manipulating people mm-hmm. and uh who's best at it. Um if I was going to ask somebody to do it for us, we learned that the Illuminati are coming after us and are already ahead of us in our plans. Cause like, that was what I really got from that Alex Jones interview was mm-hmm. that like everything he's saying the Illuminati is doing, uh, is the stuff that we're, we we just naturally are like, we need to do this. Don't we? You know, like everything he's saying the Illuminati is doing like experimenting with DNA manipulation mm-hmm. to become a better human being, um, building underground societies so that, uh, when the environment destroys the earth, uh, they'll be safe. Wait, the Illuminati's doing that? Uh, yeah. Well, lizard people, Illuminati, you know, etc. Yeah, this is what he was saying. Like, they've got human-animal hybrids that mm-hmm. they're harvesting organs is from. Is that why they're trying to stop us from doing yeah, I think so. It's because, like, oh, shit, new kid on the block. He's cool. He's got a podcast, <laughs> man. we got to stop this motherfucker. Damn. Right? Illuminati are after us, man. Mm. I didn't know that was in the cards. That's a whole different game. Yeah, I thought I was being obvious with my Alex Jones rant, but I guess not. But yeah, man. I thought we were just talking about crazy things that we say. And that was what game. No, I was saying shit. Mm. There's people on our heels. Yeah. You know, and possibly they're actually better than us at this. Quite possibly. (laughs) (laughs) Very likely. Yeah. (laughs) So it's upsetting. To yeah. say the least. Yeah. You know? Well, this has been a great episode, though. I've got this ac- excellent little DVD <laughs> signed by Brian O'Halloran, so I'm profiting oh. off of this here, this here episode. We're going to do Hamtramck Music Festival, Making Hay style. So excited for that. Hell yeah. We're going to comment on like all sorts of crazy shit people drunk in Hamtramck would say. Heck yeah. I mean... And that by itself is going to be great. But now we're also going to get the additional insight from fan favorite Ian Dixon. It's going to be a can't miss pod. Like that's going to be one of those times Scott cast drops like pure gold. And you're like, Oh, this is why I believe in Scott cast. Yeah. 
Yeah. So? From the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scott Casting, I bid thee adieu. See you later, Scott Castigators. Hell yeah. <laughs>